0: How can you be more human in a digital world? Talking to people online is a confusing landscape. Standing out above the noise means we have to create what I call a pocket of quiet to be heard. Stay tuned for this special episode where we talk more about account based marketing and business growth. A conversation with Sudhir Khan that will benefit anyone who is starting the journey of new contact or needs to get back on track as we're making conversations about social selling count. Well, what's new, Wendy Wu? I always love it when you ask me that. Well, a top secret opportunity for a very special conversation is being planned. This plays perfectly into my skill set of planning what to cover in the conversation to make it count. More to come soon. Be sure to follow the hashtag Diary of the Conversation Queen. Also, we've had a lovely review from Kate in Oxford. She was listening to an episode and here's what she had to say. I so learned something new. Wendy, this episode gets a gold star for value. So many tips and tricks for grabbing people's attention. Bryn seems to explain everything in very few words. It's like each word is gold. Your podcast is just getting better and better. Well, Kate, thank you so much. Bryn Tillman was talking to us about LinkedIn and she's got a great online resource with lots of learning modules. Check out the website, listen to the episode and let me know what you think. Now then, I am so excited to be talking to you today, suit, because your profile has a statement on it and I love it. And it's how do you stand out from the crowd?
1: Well, to stand out from the crowd and cut through the noise, you need to think outside the box. And you also need to understand your audience on a human-to-human human level. That's where, what it really comes down to. And in today's world, especially everything that's gone on around us now, we're surrounded by so much noise and so many distractions. It really is about you know, resonating with the audience. We can't do any destructive methods anymore. I mean, you can pay on YouTube to stop ads. That's the world that we are in, where people don't want disruptive marketing. They, we're very valuable with our time and where we spend our time on, on, on our favorite sort of social channels, consuming specific content. It's really down to us as professionals and, and as businesses to understand our audience and resonate and communicate with them on a one-to-one level where they actually feel that we understand them. That's going to make you stand out. And then thinking outside the box is, well, how do you communicate with these people to excite them, to educate them, to entertain them, to to get that engagement? The things that I would definitely recommend to people when it comes to trying to stand out and cut through the noise, because we've got so much noise.
0: There is too many distractions. And I've heard this phrase recently, and it's stop the scroll. That would be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's how do you do that, isn't it? And sometimes it's like, it's, it's like the snowball. You've got to start and compact the snow and just get it into that shape so that it's recognisable as something, like a snowball. Then it can gain momentum, can't it? As more and more people identify with that content.
1: Well, that's what it's about. I mean, if we, if we just look at our own LinkedIn feeds, we can scroll. But what is it that actually stands out? Well, it's going to be something that's resonating with you and then that really goes back to the type of network that you have on LinkedIn who are you connecting with is it anyone is it specific individuals because the more you connect with people that you are relevant to you that are of interest to you that you think you can do work with or potentially they they can give you services
0: that's where you're going to get the
1: opportunity trying to stand out is you know what's it going to be is it going to be a bold statement is it going to be a funky video is it going to be a TikTok thing, which people are going nuts for. You know, it's always that, what's that next thing that's going to, you know, really capture people's attention. And especially as it's all online now, I mean, what I'm missing at the moment is print. You know, I, I love direct mail. I think it's such a great marketing touch point. It's, it's tangible, it's personalized, you can get it. The fact that now that the majority of people are working from home, we don't know if they're in the office, it sort of ex taking that emphasis away from direct mail. So it's like, okay, this is the way to go. How do we replicate those human to human interactions online now? So, you know, we need, that's when we need to start thinking outside the box and trying to be, you know, a bit more creative.
0: What's your prediction then, Sue? Cause I understand completely. I've been working with a couple of campaigns. One's my own, one's a clients, and we've done some direct mail and people are fluid these days, which I think is a great word. Love that word. They're in the office, then they're not. Then they're back in the office, then they're not. I think these tactics of a moving target that clients are is here to stay. They've evolved to a more dynamic target haven't
1: they no it's true the buyer and we we've all evolved as human beings and the buying process has completely evolved as well yes there is more opportunity to get in touch with an individual because we all carry phones now which are all connected with one another but it's it's, like you said it's finding that sweet spot and that really comes down to you know how many touch points are you you seriously going to do it's about investing a lot of time up front so not just you know going at mass and not trying to text everyone and not trying to automate, you know, to everyone. It's, it's been very selective and then trying to understand the individuals in terms of the pain points and problems that they have. You know, can you really, when you start to look at your audience, can you really add value to these people? You know, that's going to be key. You know, you don't want to connect with anyone. You don't want to try and sell to anyone. It's really, you know, can I generally add value? How can I add value? And then trying to communicate that to them on their terms. Yeah. When it does come to direct mail, it could be a great touch point, but it may be maybe the third or fourth. When the first one is literally is just trying to get comfortable with the individual, making them aware of you, making sure that you're in around their ecosystem, make sure that you stay front of mind. Then you do start to connect and have a conversation with your people. That's what, you know, social selling and social media. And that's what selling is about. It's built upon a relationship. So let's try and have a conversation first, understand them better, try to be personalized. You know, there's, so many people on LinkedIn that give great tips in terms of voice notes and video outreaches. For me, video outreach is great and that's one I, I always do. Video outreach is trying to have a conversation and then, you know, mention it in there. I'm gonna send you something in the post that may be of you. So whereas before you may have emailed a guide or sent a link to webinar, why not print off this specific piece of content that you've created for that individual? Maybe an article on your LinkedIn piece that you think that is really useful for that individual have it personalized post-it note pop in a, a Fredo and a Harry Bird packet
0: <laughs> <laughs> always works <laughs> Always works.
1: post that to the individual and just drop them notes Say, i've sent you a package it'd be great it's great to get your feedback that person is going to receive something from you nine times out of ten they'll appreciate it because you've gone to the effort how much post do we get nowadays that isn't bills and stuff not a lot so in terms of the noise you know you've got a pretty clear direct way through And then, you know, you've sent them something, so I'm more than confident you'll you'll get a response. And again, just those little touch points that help in terms of having a conversation. And all the way through, you've just been trying to understand them and, and add value to the world. You haven't at any point tried to sell to them because you can't sell to an individual until you understand them.
0: It's a conversation that I have a lot where... People say, how are you going to improve my sales, Wendy? Well, actually, that's not my job. My job is to help you start the conversations so that you have better clients because you understand them, you know where they are, what they would need to achieve, and you will be there and helping them along the way. That's all we can do, isn't it? So it's the same process. But I love that tip of, of printing an article off and putting a post-it note on. I've actually got my book and i've been sending it with a personalized post-it note on a particular page so i've looked at you know their profiles their contents the what it is that they're saying and i've just literally gone just this one tip do this one tip and see the improvements and that's it it's great and you get messages back going i did it i did that and this happened It's fabulous. because it's that human
1: interaction it's showing you've gone out your way to do something to sense you know, they appreciate it. It's all of the things that we used to have in, in terms of networking, you know, before having those conversations, getting to their individuals. But we've just become so, I think we're spoiled in terms of the technology that we have at our fingertips and the fact that we can do so much quickly and en masse. I, I have this conversation with many businesses, CMOs and sort of sales directors when it comes to, we're thinking about a lot more leads, you know. We need to have more warm conversations, and start to have a conversation with them about, in terms of profiling individuals and investing the time up front. And it's always, how long is that going to take? That's going to take some time. I was like, well, well, yeah, because you have to understand. Well, if you we just
0: started 12 months ago,
1: yeah, and it's like, well, if, yeah, but I can do a cold call campaign or with with, with dialers, and I can hit this many. People and I can get this percentage of return, or I can send an email campaign with a click of a button, and I can get this reach instantly. You know, it's it's the cultural difference. It's changing an individual's mindset and approach to say, okay, email and cold calling or calls do have a part to play, hundred percent. They're not dead, but further on down, in terms of the first instance, you need to understand who you speak to. If you don't invest that time upfront, especially now where there's been acceleration of digital adoption. So much has changed in terms of the customer journey. You're just not going to cut through the noise.
0: I get what you're saying there, Sud, as well, because a conversation I was only having just before we came on air was how I've been helping people since 1989. And I was asked the question, how do you think it's going to be, you know, that we can use the power of the phone post-COVID and work smarter, my answer really was, well, let's rewind to 1989 to how it was done then. And then just think a bit smarter about the technology that we've got now. Use the technology in a smart sense. So it sharpens us, but go back to the way that relationships were done then. We've gone out of fashion to come back into fashion as we settle into this kind of new way of speaking to our audiences and customers and do you know what I'm saying? Now it's kind of yeah. I, get it. I absolutely
1: get it, and you're right. I mean, I was only six in 1989,
0: by the way. So <laughs> 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 I felt that.
1: Bloody <laughs> joking. I mean, you were absolutely right in terms of it was about having conversations. You know, it was about relationships, and you know, taking the time out to you know go for coffees, truly, and. and you know, when you are speaking to people, you're not always going to sell to everyone. Not everyone's going to be the right fit for you. But the best thing that I always find and what I always enjoy in terms of engaging and interacting with people is you can manage their expectations. You can help them in other areas. Maybe you're not the best fit, but you can then recommend or refer them to someone. It is generally about helping. And a lot of people will just be like, well, you're just talking fluff because you're you're a marketeer. But, but if you can help that individual, they will remember you because, you know, you, you've done them. Favor. They, they will remember the interaction they had with you. That's what I call social capital. You built a reputation on that interaction and based upon how you portray yourself online. And if they match, so that individual's had a good experience with you, that adds to your social capital. So whenever they are online and they see someone else who wants your service, they nine times out like of ten will, will refer or recommend you. I've, I've had it happen to me. I've had people that I haven't even had a conversation with and they've referred other people to me and they went, This guy's always talking really good content. Here's someone that you should speak to. And it's just like, wow, thank you. So then off the back of it, I had a, a conversation with the individual.
0: That's the difference, isn't it? That we are having conversations in different places now and not necessarily verbally. So our conversations have to be the same no matter where we show up.
1: 100%. You have to be authentic. You can't fake it. You can't hide behind your screen. We're all Humans, We pick up on when it's not authentic, when it's a templated thing or if it's fake or if it's a bot we, or if it's spam, we just know. We instantly know. So if you're not being authentic, you're just harming your brand.
0: When it comes to who you help yourself then, sued, I know that you've got a book. I know I've got a copy. Group's keeping <laughs> it, com- keeping it upright for you. standing <laughs> next to mine. You talk about being human because that's the title of the book and it's about social selling and marketing and all of those sorts of things. What would you say is the best piece of advice you would give anybody in today's climate? I would seriously say
1: to individuals, use this time to really understand your audience and by that i mean the channels that these individuals are on because regardless of whatever sort of marketing you're doing whether it's traditional inbound abm social selling all of it comes back to the consumer to your audience to your world and if you don't understand them all of your marketing and sales is flawed so invest the time understand them you've got you know the inbound marketing which obviously came into play you know in the mid 2000s was great because it was based upon buyer personas. Okay, they were fictional buyer personas, but at least there was some actual profiling done at that point. And the next level was obviously account-based marketing, which is real life buyer personas, actually trying to understand Steve, who works for, for X, Y, and Z. You now, what, what resonates with him? So go to that level of detail, try to understand your audience, the channels that these people are on. What is a day in their lives? You know, what type of content are they consuming? What sort of groups are they part of what are they interacting with what are their pain points what are the challenges what keeps them up at night how can you truly add value to the world what's currently going on in the climate for them how can you sort of look at the hashtags look watch what's trending in terms of content see what's performing the best and then instead of trying to replicate it or you know try to create your own version which is a little bit disruptive give your insight into what's going on and but the best thing that always resonates through is when you give real life examples so if you have helped an individual and you have come across real life hurdles real life problems talk about them show them and that's what i've always tried to do we always try to do in terms of i've been criticized a, a lot in terms of you give too much away you know even with the book
0: yeah but it's one thing giving it away it's another thing somebody actually doing something with it exactly.
1: so we all you all know, need I, uh, help yeah exactly yeah. so i always try to show my thinking uh, whether that's sketches and diagrams or just really to show the, the scenarios and things because it's real life things happen you know, there isn't always a straight path that it's you it have to be agile you gotta to have to adopt and things happen differently so that's what I would say to individuals. You truly need to understand your audience in today's world because if you don't, you just you're not going to survive.
0: In lots of instances, and this may sound easier than done, but we do need to be original. And our experiences, our individual experiences, are original. And it is about sharing those and it, having value for others, isn't it? Because there'll be so, people in similar situations. You're never going to absolutely mirror anything because that's the uniqueness of the human race. Absolutely. So soon we get to the bit of the, the show that I always get excited about because I have no idea what's coming. I ask guests to think about a conversation that created a turning point and what happened next. So over to you to share with us if you don't mind. Okay
1: so my story is really about self-confidence, self-awareness, and really self development, which has sort of been a journey for me. So I've always been passionate about marketing. It's just always been with me. Always been, you know, hard worker in terms of going the extra mile and trying my best. I was always the, you know, A for effort kind of individual. And I just came to a point in my career and my personal life where I felt really let down in terms of where I was working currently, where I enjoyed it. I really thrived there. I enjoyed the people around me, but I just felt like I wasn't being given the opportunities to, to excel and to, to grow. And really looking back at it now, it was, it was almost an excuse because at the end of the day, the ball's in my court in terms of how I progress and develop. In my personal life, a a relationship had broken down. I was really low in terms of motivation, zero confidence at that point. And a friend of mine recommended The Secret to me. So I read it and then I also listened to the audiobook as well. And I just went off on an absolute journey in terms of, you know, my mindset, how I should be thinking, having that self-confidence, starting my day correctly with, you know, affirmations and gratitude and planning my day, planning my day and using my time more efficiently in terms of my self-development. So... I've always been wanting to get up early and go to the gym at six o'clock. I start to get up at five, which is bonkers, but five o'clock and I, and I would do my morning affirmations. I, I've got a vision board, which I use to focus on my, my personal goals and my career goals as well. When I'm in the car, I don't listen to the radio or anything like that. I've got either affirmations or positive podcasts or talks on, or I listen to audiobooks. I exercise, and then I come into work. Bouncing, absolutely bouncing. I'm full of energy. My sleep's fantastic. And literally, I just went from not really reading that much to reading or listening to one or two books a week. And I just went off on a journey from listening to, obviously, Law of Attraction and then some stuff from Dale Carnegie and Zig Ziglar, Robin Sharma, who's fantastic. And I just started to grow as, as an individual my confidence started to grow, invested more time in myself. And I wasn't worried about, you know, any sort of politics or sort of growth in terms of the workspace. Because for me, it was, my mindset was then, and it still is, just give it your best, do your best. And that's all that you can ask for. And if it's acceptable and someone appreciates that and they see the value in you, they will support you and help you grow. And if they don't, that's fine. You can, you can look elsewhere. And I just went off on that journey. And then that's when, almost five years ago, I came here. And that period of growth, I went from, again, lacking in confidence in terms of my, my presentations and not really doing much to doing vlogs, doing presentations, doing you know, public speaking, coming here and then spending the time with James, who's CEO, who even encouraged me even more. Just, just do it. Just, just get it done. You can do this. You can do that. And, and I haven't look back since and I think I'm a totally different person you know things that were used to daunt me before like presentations now are just you know very simple and very easy and even writing the book it was on the vision board and then 2019 it was boxing there I went yep yeah, okay that's when we're going to go for and that's when we're going to tick off
0: yeah that conversation with a friend just triggered a chain reaction with you, you know. Here's a book that I think might really help you right now. And from that standing start, uh, it's just opened the floodgates to the wealth it. of books and advice that is out there. Is fascinating.
1: It's just yeah, it's it's mind-boggling because, like I said, I wasn't really reading that much, but again, it's just taking little insights, little snippets. I have great conversation with my parents as well because there's there's crossover in terms of, you know, when you read stuff about gratitude and affirmation and stuff like Jay Shetty and I can speak to my parents who, who are from India about certain different elements. It's cross-cultural,
0: isn't it? A lot yeah, of this personal development is cross-cultural. And how else do we get to be having a conversation with Tony Robbins than reading his book?
1: Exactly. That's and I, as close
0: as you're going to get, isn't it?
1: And what I've seen is there's more... Of this content coming out. If you look at Jay Shetty, how big he is. And I read his stuff now, and a lot of it I've possibly already read from other people, but it's, it's always good to re engage with things. But I just feel that the stuff that everyone's talking about now is so relevant because they say so many good things in terms of when you get up in the morning, don't go to your phone, don't start scrolling. The reason why you get up early, you know, between four and six, that's a perfect time in terms of your brain, in terms of, you know, the type of energy, your emotions. That's brilliant for, for learning, for doing exercise, for setting your day off right. Whereas, again, we're in a digital world now where it is, well, I don't really have to be up early because I don't physically have to go into work. Nine times out of 10, a lot of people rely on their phone to wake them up, they just start scrolling. What are they looking at? What social channels are they on? Are they actually looking at anything that's positive for the day, you know, and have they have actually then got up how much exercise are they going to do? And exercise could be anything. It could be a walk. It's whatever suits you. They don't have to go to the gym like me, but just getting something to get your blood pumping and, and you know having those positive affirmations, positive feelings, make your whole day and outlook and your energy and vibe that you give off to other people. Yeah. Totally different.
0: First thing I do is take the dog. I don't even get a chance to brush my teeth or have a cup of tea. You know, the dog is just like, come on, let's go. I do confess, I do go out and I'm walking the dog and I'm scrolling and looking at getting ahead of the day. But then, you know, it's sort of horses for courses, isn't it? If, you know, I love being out with the dog at that time in the morning and I can go and find a spot and sit. I can scroll while I'm walking and go and sit and actually be in the moment of being out with the dog and watching the dog do whatever silliness she's, she's up to. So there's one rule that I have in my house following doing the mental health first aid training course. As soon as dinner is served, mobiles are all left on the side in the kitchen for as long as possible. Now, it's set for an hour for us to have dinner and to share some social. Quite often we'll go in the kitchen, we'll clean away and tidy up and the phones will stay there because we'll go into another room and carry on. That social, and that has made a massive difference.
1: Hundred percent. You know, when I was growing up, we always used to have the one key thing because my parents were, were always working. My dad used to work nights. The one key thing was, you know, we have dinner together. We sit down at the table, we have dinner together. It makes a massive difference. And it, it, again, it's something that we used to do that we don't do because of what's changed in, in terms of the world.
0: Yeah, some face to face meetings are coming back and creeping back into my diary. And I'm making a point of only doing it over food because I feel that that is such a great way of bonding. When you share a meal together, it goes back in tradition for many, many thousands of years, doesn't it? There's a reason.
1: Really? I think that's a great idea.
0: What's next for Sud? best-selling book, speaker, avid reader. Have you any predictions for conversations?
1: I'm not sure. I've been thinking about new goals and things to put on the the, the vision board possibly another book but rather than being more focused on sort of marketing methods and techniques i think i think there's a need to talk about culture and and, you know how we need to adopt and some elements that we've covered today i think that that's always key and i think it's often overlooked we've we've had it many times when we talk to clients and prospects that they come in and they're, they're they're adamant you know we want we want ABM or we want social selling or we want, we want this. And it's, it's like, well, yeah, you can have it, but is your culture ready for it? Are you actually ready to to adopt and change and shift your mindset and approach? Because these are things you have to take into consideration. You can't just install something and press the button, expect, you know, all magic to happen.
0: Everybody Um, has to be invested, don't they?
1: Exactly. And I think there's a lot that can be learned from, from business culture. So I think that's one thing I could possibly do. Just go <laughs> write
0: it, please. <laughs> well, I've started to,
1: yeah, I've started to um, make notes in in, in my journal because that, that's how the first book came, came across is I always try to take the time whenever I have any ideas or thoughts or moments just to jot them down.
0: Well, I'm always encouraging listeners to carry the conversation on after the show. Where's the best place to find you?
1: LinkedIn. I'm I'm always active on, on LinkedIn. So if you search for me, Sadiq Kumar or Sadiq Kumar Origin, uh, I shall appear, no doubt.
0: Like the genie.
1: Did yeah, just connect with me or, or send me a message and I'm more than happy to, to interact with, with individuals.
0: Now, social selling reaches across many spectrums of communication in the digital age. And I hope you took something away to try today. Let me know. We love it when the conversation carries on after the show and you can find more details from guests, including grabbing a copy of Sudir's books and many other titles, including mine, to add to your reading list. Go check out makingconversationscount.com under the guest resource page. Our next guest, we will be joined by Anne Page, where the topic will be about jargon and the conversation that counted for Anne. It goes back to knowing your clients or the client base that you want to attract, knowing what product or service, particularly in the legal field, that they need.